This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, welcome to this uh, latest episode of the uh, Forever Bristol City podcast. Disappointing in the end, Ashton Gate on uh, Wednesday night because it finished uh, City 1, Bournemouth 2. Joining me at the moment with uh, further guests to come in. So if you're listening already, send a text and indeed try and dial in uh, yourself. But joining me at the moment is uh, Dave Fevs for the uh, week night shift. Uh, Dave, any fanciful ideas we had of uh, making a late surge for the playoff? That's well and truly gone now, hasn't it? Yeah. 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 It's always going to be a slim chance, wouldn't it? But um, yeah, I think that uh, pretty much knocks it on the head tonight. Yeah. Were you, did you expect the lineup that was uh, presented uh, there? I mean, it was the second, the, the, the team that finished the uh, second half at the Liberty Stadium at the weekend. I think you'd have done really well tonight to not pick that team. <laughs> I think it was Purim 11 from 11, wasn't it? So, you know, I, I guess the only one that was maybe up for debate was whether Taylor would start instead of Sessegnon like he did on Saturday. But uh, no, I fully expected Sessegnon to come in at left back or left wing back and it'd be this, you know, same 10 plus him coming in for Taylor. So no, no surprises at all. No, and Lansbury coming in on the bench. I mean, was it a case of uh, who's fit, who gets on the bench, would you say? Or, uh, yeah, or what? Yeah, I think exactly that. I think Alex Scott came in because there weren't the numbers there at the at the weekend. Um, and with Lansbury fit to, to come on the bench, and he rightly dropped out. So, yeah, no, no surprise on the bench either. Nothing. So, start of the game, uh, I said to you just before we started recording, I felt that it uh, was... Uh, very reminiscent of the, 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 the game at the Liberty at the weekend where the possession that uh, former uh, Premier League Bournemouth had, uh, they certainly bossed us to begin with, didn't they? And uh, forced a couple of uh, early, uh, well, a couple of uh, unforced errors by City. That was a feature of the early parts of the game. But uh, first uh, blood went to them when uh, Lloyd Kelly, he saw uh, his shot fingertip saved by Benz. It was a good save by Benz early on, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, I did wonder where Stanislas, I think it was at the far post, might have perhaps gambled and, and slid in. But no, it was a good save. I think if you saw it from the kind of behind goal angle, it was a, a better save than uh, the commentators gave it credit for at the start. So 
Yeah, I, th- yeah. I, thought, this, I thought start started off Bournemouth pressed us really heavily, and I think teams know that they can't let us get into our stride. Not that we've necessarily found our stride. Yeah, what is a stride? But what is yeah, a stride? Yeah, no, you, you don't want to give us any any confidence. They certainly didn't do that for the opening uh, quarter of an hour, and then I thought we settled and we we, we settled pretty yeah. well actually. Yeah, I mean, uh, Bentz had to be on his metal again, didn't he? On uh, well, on eleven minutes, I've got here that uh, Lerma put in a shot that was uh, parried. I mean, he sprung well to his left to save that one, really, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's a good good save. I think um, Solanke was offside in the in, in the rebound, but um, yeah, no, it was a good save. I think it must have wobbled a fair bit because Bentley looked like he was going to his right and ended up almost having to save it with his left hand in the end. So yeah, no, good good save. Yeah, and we were playing with uh, a flat back four with uh, Viner in the middle. I say no surprises the starting lineup, but uh, you know that was working quite well, and it started to work very well, didn't it? Because we got right back uh, into the game and forced uh, a couple of quick corners. Yeah, so things were starting to look good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the the, the shape probably suits us. Um, I, I imagine Pearson still finding out an awful lot about the team, but. I think that ability to be able to almost like get in with our bank of four and our bank of five and then say, you know, break us down, I, th- I think is going to be something that we're going to see while, whilst he kind of learns a bit more about us. Um, I think what it does allow us to do is we're nice and compact, but if there is a poor pass into the midfield or a sloppy touch by one of centre-backs, and I think people like Naj, Backinson um, are quite... Uh, they're kind of on their toes to, to to press really quickly. And I think there was a couple of occasions in that opening 20 minutes where we forced them to turn over possession quite quickly as soon mm. as they played a bad pass. So that was kind of quite encouraging to see as well. Yeah. I mean, as we say, we started to get back into the game and the 22nd minute, uh, Backington had a shot saved by Bekovic and then the follow-up, uh, well, not long up, well, seconds after that, Dijou was there. That was a first uh, sign of things to come. And Backinson, he's really uh, coming into his own uh, as a, as an, a t- well, a box-to-box player. Would you describe him as that? Yeah, I, th- I think, um, you know, over the past couple of weeks, a few of us have been debating on OTIB. If you, this is kind of uh, before Viner, you know, looks like he might be more regular in that kind of holding midfield role. Who would play as the holding midfield role out of Naj and, and Backinson? And I think Backinson early on the season when we were playing the back three was playing the deeper role. But I think a few of us think that he's he's kind of got that rangy leg movement that can get him up and down the pitch mm. quickly. I don't think he's the sharpest. Yeah, big strides. He's not. Yeah. He's not a sprinter. It's just the, yeah. the way he moves. And yeah. Then... So I, I'm not surprised to, to see that happen. I think you know Naj gives you plenty of energy in there as well. Yeah. So uh, structurally, we we look pretty good and we look like we know what we're trying to do as a team, which is good. Yeah, well, that's an improvement on certainly where we were. On the half hour, as I say, with City uh, in the ascendancy, Casey Palmer was uh, narrowly wide after good approach play. He seems to be another player who's playing with a smile on his face, something that we've not seen him do since those early games of uh, last season when uh, he seemed to team up well with a phobie. Yeah, I, I think he's looks like he's got a good level of fitness as well now. I think he understands what the role is. And I think it's suiting him. Um, he drifted around a bit today as well, which was which was good. So we, you know, wasn't static. You know, sat on one side or, or the other. He was moving infield or you know coming in off the lines, and and I, and I think that gave us something different as well. Probably a little bit apart from his set pieces, just probably a little bit disappointing with his final ball today. Never quite got 
got enough pace on it to, to kind of get it past the centre-back. There were a few opportunities throughout the game where it looked like he could slide someone in. It just didn't quite come off for him tonight. But uh, no, he's been a, a, an improved player. I don't think we're seeing him at full tilt yet, but he's he's, he's been key. And it, you know, since Christmas, actually, since he's come back in, he's featured quite a lot in our games that we've won. So mm. I think he's, you know, he's someone to persevere with, you know, there's a, not just from a financial reason, but, you know, he's young, he's only 24, perhaps with a, you know, second child on the way. And I think it was, it was due actually Monday. So I don't know That's if, right, if, yeah. if, if, if his girlfriend's, um, you know, you know, could probably have it any, any minute now, but um, maybe it's time, you know, to put the kind of any excuses that might've been in his head and think, right, I need to settle down now. And, um, and you know, hopefully it's here, and hopefully we'll we'll see some of that. Well, he's got he's got good potential. Years. Yeah, yeah. He's got was it two years left on his uh, contract after uh, <laughs> the completion of this season? A momentary uh, respite for Bournemouth, because uh, just before we got the goal, which we come on to a second, uh, Lerma uh, again a competent save by uh, Bent. So that's three good saves Darren Bentley uh, Dan Bentley made, and maybe I'm making a point of those saves that he made to uh, cover up for uh, what came along uh, not long after. But uh, let's let's look at the goal. It was uh, again good approach play by uh, Casey Palmer. Drove the ball across the box. It wasn't hit hard, but nobody uh, on the end of it. But it did find its way to uh, Hunts, and uh, he put another dinked ball in, a bit like Nages for uh, mm. the opening goal at Borough last week. And it was it was a goal of quality, wasn't it? It was. It was a great header. What do they say? Head it back from where it came from, and that was a. Yeah. A typical header of that of that sort, you know, and obviously Begovic thinking he might go back across him the other way, you know, is left, you know, rooted to his spot really as it as it falls in the corner. And uh, I, you know, I wouldn't say we were, you know, deserved half-time leaders because we we weren't in the end. But I thought on you know the the twenty minutes that happened up until that point, I thought we were worthy of of, of the goal, and I think we were pretty strong at that point. It's a real shame, you know, what happened, you know, in in injury time. Yeah, well, as as you might expect, Bournemouth came back into it, and you talked about the shape of the side. And there were a couple of times with that good camera angle that we have up in the Lansdowne, you could see it was a four-five-one formation, mm. very much so, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. they were there in lines. And I guess the objective uh, was to hold out until half time. But uh, again. Bentley uh, had to save from uh, Dan Juma and that ball went for a corner. That was only half cleared. I mean, you know, we're giving Bent's credit for keeping us in, but uh, he seemed to be more concerned about the fact that Jack Hunt was down on the ground, wasn't it? And then he literally yeah. fumbled the ball into his own net. It has been a credit. It has been credited as an own goal, hasn't it? Mm, yeah, it's a shocker, isn't it? You know, and I think he's more than nothing credit, you know, f- for that for us, you know, people not to make him a scapegoat but you know in the context of today's game you know it's probably cost us something you know it might have even cost us all, all all three points I think you know would have been pretty keen to to get in at halftime one nil up um and I think you know we'd we'd perhaps seen a a, a different second half but I think it, it it buoyed Bournemouth and knocked us back a bit it was a, you know it was, a, it was a real shame I think just in the build-up to that goal um before the corner I thought we 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 closed the space really well, but mm. then, you know, the, the the quality of Lerma, he got the ball under real pressure. He knocked a first time pass into space to Dan Juma, who then cut inside and got the shot that was saved by Bentley. Yeah. It went off off for the corner, but there were a couple of occasions there where I thought we've done really well to close 
and I think it was probably Lerner, Lerner on both occasions, and he's just flicked a first-time pass, and he's taken like two or three out of the game, and, and that's the kind of slight difference in quality, £30 million player, I think they said on the, on the commentary. Um, yeah. That's the difference between their top quality players and, and, and ours, and you know, and ultimately, although the goal didn't come from, from that move, it was the little bit of pressure around around that corner, and that was what probably allowed them to to, to get into yeah. that position in injury time. Yeah, what did you think of uh, Fam's contribution in the first half? I mean, later on in the game, uh, I heard the commentator. I mean, I did first half on uh, Robin's TV and then uh, second half on Sky Red Button, and the latter was a good minute uh, ahead of uh, Robin's TV. But the commentator on uh, Sky, he sort of said, well, Fam hasn't done much, uh, at least they pronounce his name right now, Fam hasn't done much because he wasn't getting much support. But again, I saw somebody put on OTIB that Fam was uh, running around like he was uh, in uh, in porridge. Um, I, I think if you break the game down into quarters, I yeah. thought he had a, a slow first quarter. I mm. thought he was, you know more than decent in that quarter up to half time. I thought started the second half with limited service. He was decent and last 20 minutes didn't really offer us much, but as a team, we were, I thought we were too quick to try and launch an attack and try and play that killer pass. And I think sometimes you've got to wear the other team down a bit. And what we did, we might spend two or three minutes chasing the ball around. We get it for 10 seconds and then we give it straight back. And it might yeah. look like we're, you know, we're almost going to get through. But sometimes I think we just need to not, not take the sting out of them, but make them, chase us, make them chase us around for two or three minutes. And when we did that tonight, certainly in the first half... Yeah. Fucking, I, fucking. I, yeah, thanks, Ian. <laughs> don't don't I, worry that we're live on air at the moment. Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> when, when we did that, we just turned the ball over too quickly. And, and I think that's why quite a lot of our players look tired come the end, because they've probably done 70% chasing and 30% when we've got the ball and, and you know that's not necessarily a reflection of possession it's just we're having to spend too much energy chasing the ball rather than using our energy for the right yeah. purposes when we've got it if that makes we sense we didn't hold possession we didn't hold possession enough Ian uh, you've uh, you've joined yeah, us it, now don't want to go Ian. through <laughs> <laughs> yeah Ian yeah, are you there? Can you yeah. hear us, Ian? All right, let's start. We, we, yeah, so, Dave and I have sort of pretty much done the first half, but let me just have your comment on uh, three points. Just going to ask you this question. I mean, early doors, they dominated us. We had Bence to thank for uh, keeping us in the game. Then we got right back into it with a uh, good shot from Backinson, Palmer just wide, a good goal, and then uh, their goal. I mean, Bence is in some credit, but just talk about, Ian, the goal that we scored as you saw it, and you know, has Ben's got enough credit that we won't hold that one against him? Well, to do it in reverse order, Bentley, uh, it, yes, he has got enough credit. I mean, the number of points he's gained us this season, I'll, I'll let him lose us one um, because that's all we were ever going to get out of the game tonight. I thought we were okay for 15 minutes. Hang on a second. I'll just switch Mr. Tubby off on Radio Bristol. Um <laughs> I, uh, I I think the the more I the more I look at it, I thought we had a good fifteen minutes, but we can't go on playing like we're playing, and that was every bit. I think it was it was a Dean Holden team performance. We were perhaps a bit better organised. We dropped into this four five one. Yeah, but we just can't go on playing games in our half and looking for the wonder pass to put somebody through. 
we just can't do it. Mm. And I, I, I just, um, we haven't got the energy to do it because obviously when you've only got 30% of the possession, the, the, the problem that you've got is that you get worn out. And I thought tonight, Fam looked really worn, really bushed at the end and not sharp. Tyreek Backinson was gone at about 75 minutes. He, yeah. he, he was gone by then. Um, and we should have replaced him. Uh, okay, we got two more injuries, possibly a concussion injury to Jack Hunt. And I don't yeah. know if that had some bearing in, in the goal coming in, the one Bentley threw in the net. I thought our goal was good. It was a good header by Backinson, who I've yeah. criticised for not being that great in the air for a bloke of six foot three. But I thought, and, and, and whilst he was in the game, I thought we had half a chance. But particularly when Viner... Um, had to go to right back, and then Lansbury came on in midfield. I thought we lost. Well, he whatever, added nothing. I mean, Dave, let's let's look at that. Whatever, um, whatever grip of the game we had, we we lost gone. and lost it, it badly. It had gone, Dave. I thought the second half, yeah, empty stadium. Uh, it had all the atmosphere of a football combination game for those that can remember that far back. It really was uh, a bit of a damp squib and I don't recall anything worthy of note from us and the first thing I put for them was Lloyd Kelly who showed he's good going forward but he's got a rick in him sometimes. He put in a good cross and uh, cleared by Callas but you know we, we were really flat in the second half Dave weren't we? Yeah, There was just nothing there. Yeah and I, I think some of that's you know because Borum have tired us out by, you know, keeping the ball and moving us around. And I don't think we did that enough in, in reverse. And therefore, when you're scrapping for, you know, five and ten seconds spells to produce a magical pass, invariably it doesn't happen. And then you're back to chasing the ball around again. And I think that's something that I'm expecting us to see better of and that's to control more of the game. I don't expect us to dominate the game, but I do expects us to pass it around like we did for spells in the, in the, in the first half, albeit we also, you know, had to take our, our fair share of chasing them around as well. But I don't think they like chasing us tonight. And I thought we just needed to be a bit more patient. And I think that's a general thing across the season is I, I don't think we're patient enough. So we rush, we try and rush everything. Yeah, basically. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the goal, uh, Ian. When it came, I mean we were, as I say, we didn't. We huffed and puffed, and that was a problem. We were doing too much huffing and puffing. But uh, it was a goal that was uh, very. Uh, I, I likened it to that goal that Wolves scored against us three years ago, where the cross came in and it was just bundled in at the far post. So that's two goals effectively from dead ball situations. Um, was was Bents at fault for that one as well? How did you see what proved to be the winning goal, Ian? It it, uh, it it went in off somebody's back. Uh, the right. guy at the far post, I think Billy Taylor, it, it hit somebody else thing. in the back and went over the line. But I, I don't understand modern football because if you have a, a full back on each post, you don't let that goal in. Um, mm. And uh, But these days in football, it's unfashionable, so managers don't do it. Um, but I, I would have, I would have done it, particularly how we were late in the game, where we, we looked beaten. You know, I, yeah. I wouldn't have been. A, it was only one side going to win that in the second half, and it was Bournemouth. And um, no. you know, I, I okay. If you just said to me three games ago, you can have six points, you can play the three games. I'd have said, well, okay, we'll have the, um, 
we'll we'll have we'll have the uh, we'll have the six points. Yeah. Um, yeah. How but, did? How did... Uh, yeah, how did you? Mark, Mark's just joined as well, Mark. I mean, we don't want to go over uh, the game. You've come in just as we've been uh, describing uh, what proved to be the winning goal. Um, it, it, you know, Bournemouth. You know, they were always going to win it based on that second half performance. Not that they were outstanding, but just that we looked a, a spent force, didn't we? And we had those injuries. We had to put Viner at right back, and that lost us that bit in midfield because Lansbury showing what a waste of money uh, as a wage he's being but uh, your thoughts on the second half Mark and that goal I think we we competed um, we made Bournemouth go side to side but it really stretched us physically and mentally like you said we, we looked tired we just couldn't hold on to the ball uh, when you know we were you know we were winning the ball on the edge of the area but we just weren't really able to mount any attacks and I think we had one shot on the whole of the second half yeah I can't even remember what it was but we my McGlass half full person yeah the second half wasn't good but the organization tonight was great and we'd gone in two weeks from a side who couldn't pass to one another couldn't create any chances to an organized hard-working team that gives mm. promotion hopefuls a run for their money. We didn't have enough in the end, and we looked a spent force. But it, that is progress. I'm not expecting us to make a challenge for the playoffs because I'm you know, no. I'm, oh, I'm that's a realist. gone. I said, but we, yeah. but we will, we will win. We will win a few games. It's well, just, we will we, between we now and the end of the season. We and that was always going to be a difficult one today. We haven't got, yeah. we haven't got the depth. We, you know, you lose, you lose Hunt. You got to play when you, you know, a, a bloke who's, you know, played a great, played great in midfield on Saturday, set up the first goal, and it's it's a real struggle. Lansbury, he should be better than that. His passing was poor. Yeah, you know, it just, it really, it, it, no you know, one pass, really one pass went yeah. into touch. Dave, Dave, Mark Carter's uh, texted us uh, on the message board here, and he said sixty six percent pass completion rate. We're never going to get promotion with that. And that was a feature of the game today, wasn't it? We were giving the ball away. And it wasn't necessarily a Holden-like performance. Somebody else has uh, put on the uh, the text feed under Holden, we'd have lost that 4-1. But, uh, you know, there's, there's, I think Pearson's getting an idea of the task that is ahead of him now, wouldn't you think? But that pass completion rate is rubbish. Yeah, it is. And I, and I think some of that's borne out of the fact that we try and play a killer pass too early. So, you know, we we could, or we ought to be able to, and maybe we should do. Actually, you know, if we just kind of think about the stats, we could make that better by just knocking side-to-side side side passes around the back, although I'm not sure that we've got the patience to do that either. But, you know, I, I think it's a bit of a, you know, uh, legacy of us trying to play too attacking too quick. And I thought, you know, at times I thought there were some great balls that we played between the lines to, you know, get people going. I think when, you know, Palmer was, when we were having our best spells, Palmer was picking the ball up in little little spaces, getting that half a yard and, and you know, driving forward on the angle. And, and we looked like we caused them some problems, but we gave up the ball too easy. And yeah, 66% is nowhere near good enough. But I, I think some of that will come from the way we try to play, but also... Got to give Bournemouth some credit for not letting us just passing it around. Yeah, for passing it around's sake as well. I think I always get a little bit, you know. I think people forget there's two teams out there, and that other teams trying to stop you doing anything. And you know, it's you know they've got Ben Pearson in there, who's now 
in a better side than he was at Preston. And he was a Absolutely. thorn in our side for Preston for breaking up and pinching balls away and giving fouls or whatever. And he did that today, but he's doing it in a better side as well. So I think we have to give them a bit of credit as well. It's not good enough, yeah. but, but you know, yeah. it's, it's also there's some, some mitigating factors as well, I think. Yeah, Ian, uh, Albuquerque's put on here. I don't believe we're going far up the table until we get our best players back. Now, yes, we have got a lot of players, but it's not like we bought kids on because when the injuries did take place, we were able to put Zach Viner at right back, which is a position he's familiar with. We brought on uh, Henry Lansbury. We've also got Masengo as well. I mean, are we are we trying to make excuses for, you know, the trying to make excuses for a disappointing performance on the night, would you say? Well, I, I go back to what I used to say when Oldham was there. Yeah, we've got players missing, but we should have done better with what we had. I think the biggest mistake tonight, uh, there were two two other options. You could have brought on Taylor Moore, who can play right back, or yeah. you could have, so you could have left Viner in midfield, or you could have brought on Riley Taylor and moved um, Stephen Sessignon over. So I yeah. would have preferred to see us do that as, as a more positive um, uh, as, as a more positive statement, but no, I mean, I, and and when these players coming back, I think from everything I'm seeing and feeling and hearing, forget it until the start of April, end of March. There's another four games in March, then mm. we've got a two week break. I think you might see them back after that, but I'm getting which is Easter weekend, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting more in. I'm getting more and more and more worried about the the situation down there, the medical situation, mm. the injuries and all the rest of it. I'm just bothered that we just don't seem to be able to either keep players fit or get them fit. Yeah. Um, and, and, because what's the latest until, with Liam Walsh? I mean, what, what was the, the under-23s are playing today? And you think, well, is Walsh out of it because he's with the first-team squad or has he mm-hmm. suffered another relapse? You know, has anything been said in that respect? No, we we don't know. And this is the point you've got uh, all the, these statements about if I see he's out on the grass again, uh, I'm I'm going to throw the computer out through the window because I'm just sick of hearing it. Yeah. You know, he's out on the grass. He's he's uh, it, oh, but he's not joining in. Oh, right. Okay. So does, what does that mean then? When's he going to be available? Well, I want to know is when are these players going to be fit and available? For first team selection, that's all I yeah. want to know. I don't want to know what's wrong with them. I don't want to. I don't want a blood test. I no. don't want to know. You know their fat, their crown jewels, or their family crest. I just want to know when will they be but fit. We need to show some patience, Ian, because I, I think from Nigel Pearson's press conference, he's predominantly interested in talking about the players that are ready for selection. And he's, you know, I think he. You know, I wouldn't say tore Gregor off one um, yesterday. <laughs> no, he was quite but, direct but, with but it. But he was he? Pretty, pretty sure, like you know, you know, you've already kind of asked me that, you know, and and, and I think you know we, we kind of get Pearson's star now. I think the you know the, the journos are going to have to up their game a little bit in terms of the questions they ask because I don't think he's just going to accept the same question each week. He won't accept you know? inane so questions, will he? He won't no, accept inane stuff. I know, it's, quite, it's quite refreshing. It might get a bit tedious after a while, but I think you'll know about players being fit when they're very close to being up for selection. Yeah. And, you know, well, he needs, he needs to have a word with, with, with the media department then, doesn't he? Because all we've had yeah. this week is a film of, uh, oh, look, here's Andy Vyman. And then Pearson's got to come out and say, he ain't going to play. 
And you're not going to see Joe Williams. You're not going to see Joe Williams either. Oh, right. Okay. Well, we know where we are now, then, don't we? That's that's what he has said, in fairness, though, hasn't he? He said that last year. Yeah, even even, what we've not heard about. about Yeah. Yeah. We've not heard about Walsh, you know. We could all speculate. Or De Silva. Or Baker who we've seen running around on the pitch in the training videos. I mean, look, the thing is, we just want a bit of honesty. We want, we want, the well, the, City and injuries is like when you used to order a bit of furniture from MFI. They'd say it'd be ready in 10 weeks, right? It'd be ready in 10 weeks. And you bloody know it's not going to be ready in 10 weeks. And then it turns up in 12. What you want them to do with the injuries and say, Baker is out for six months and then after... 18 weeks, he's making a good recovery. He's going to be back in contention. We're going to play him in the under-23s in a couple of weeks' time. Let's not have this saying nothing and confusion. And Gore Blige, we got Nye, just as a new contributor on here, he said Andy Rolls is a fraud. And, I mean, wherever Andy Rolls goes, the injury record does appear to be shit because we're talking about Arsenal and West Ham. And surely Nigel... Pearson's experienced enough that he's going to expose that, Dave, isn't he? He's, ba- he's bound to be looking at it in detail. I mean, he's not he's not been here a week hardly yet, but he must be looking long and hard at that, mustn't he? I'm sure he, you know, looks like he's a meticulous kind of manager, doesn't it? I'm sure it'll be one of the things to understand why he's only got, let's say, 12, 13, 14 senior players available to him each week. And, you know, he's making up the bench with a, with, with some kids. You know, uh, I'd expect he's too chuffed about that, but he'll live with it, and I guess he'll he'll root out. You know, if there's any any blame surrounding that, so mm. yeah, I don't know. Mendip, you know. Mendip City's put on here. Uh, Walsh is gone. Surely, what with his contract running out, and it doesn't look like he's going to get any games. You think that's a bit harsh, uh, a bit p- premature with that sort of comment, uh, Dave? Or 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 I don't know. You know, I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> But um, all right, Mark. Let me ask you a quick, Mark. We this was game twenty-one without a draw. So now our last twenty-one games in the league win, read one eight, drawn none, lost thirteen. That's twenty-four points out of a possible sixty-three. I mean, this season, a point in a rookie never should have been appointed in the first place, manager in the summer, and then this sort of form. You know, it's just as well we're not on the ground, really, because it's been it's been rubbish, and that was what our fourth home defeat in a row tonight. Yeah, I mean, something's got to change, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I suppose in a way, the way I see it, we 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 sort of started with a clean slate again, in a way, um, because you know we were things have conspired to help you know to help us get Nigel Pearson, you know, which is a fantastic appointment. It's not been great the way we've gone about it. And, yeah, losing four home games in a row is not great. But the side is looking better. Yes. Um, albeit with very small pool of players to choose from. The way I see it, Nigel Pearson, he's not going to let the players, obviously he's not going to let the players who aren't available affect him. He's professional and calm enough to go about. He'll, he'll, he'll lift the kids who come in. You know, what great what he said about Riley Taylor, his post-match comments on Saturday. You know, I took him off, but I told him he's been, you know, he's been yeah. a part of two wins. He'll lift those players, and if they have to go out on the pitch, they'll they'll do do their best for the club, no doubt. But I think he's he knows he's got enough to to build, uh, you know, to to make get a few wins between now and the end of the season. He's, he can see our limitations, 
and but we've got a chance to build to build slowly. We've just got to find two halves of football because we only seem to be playing for one half, even in the last three games. But yeah. I'm happy, even That's if it's slow common. progress. And and, and I, I just love listening to Nigel Pearson. Even if even if he was laying into, he'd do it so slowly and carefully. Like deliberately. You yeah. pulling, well, you could imagine him yeah. pulling the wings of a fly, couldn't you? Yeah, Ian. Ian, we got twelve games to go now, and as I say, the playoff uh, is well. Playoff chance is well and truly extinguished now because looking at the league table, we're ten points behind uh, Bournemouth. Yeah, so and we're twelve. We're twelve points behind Reading. So we were only ever chasing uh, sixth, but I think that chance has gone. I and mean, we look over our shoulders with those six points that we got in those two away wins, uh, just as well we did because Rotherham. I've got two games in hand over us, and they're hot on the heels now of Birmingham and Coventry. But you're you're um, Nigel Pearson now. What do you do in the remaining twelve games of the season? Do you experiment? Do you play more of the youngsters? You give them halves of games. You want to win as many games as you can, but you want to. We, we've never been in this luxurious position before, where we, you know, we're not fighting relegation and we've playoff chances gone. What what should he do? What would you do? What would you do now with twelve games to go? I I I don't I can't see us picking up any more than a point a game. Yeah, um, and that would take us up to about what fifty seven. Yeah, um, which is scandalously poor. Let's be honest, um, but. That's we are where we are. Um, no, I, I wouldn't just throw the kids in willy nilly because I think that could destroy their confidence. So what I'd be looking to do, I, I think we need another five points to make sure that we that we stay up, mm. and and that would mean that Rotherham would need to get thirteen points more than yeah. we do to catch us, and that and that I really can't see that happening. Um, in, in fact, I think you get if you went down the bookies, you get really, really good odds on that not happening. But and I think he needs to win as many games and get as many points as possible. He needs to use the next um, nine weeks because that's all that's left of the season to um, to to look at who's out of contract, who he wants to keep, and who he can keep because that might be two different things. Mm. And then I'd, I'd let, I mean, apart from, I think, Walsh and Jiju, uh, I'd probably let the rest go and, and build um, build a stronger squad for next season. And like I said before, I'd have a complete clear out, top to bottom, Mark Ashton downwards, including well, the, the, the medical and the recruiting team. That's the other, the other thing I do because I don't think, you you know you never solve a problem with the thinking that created it and all that and I think there's a lot of thinking down there that, that there's a lot there's some good stuff down there like the academy and there's some of the lads that are coming through um, but that there's some rot down there as well and I think that just needs to be cut out that that would be I, I might be completely wrong you? they might be brilliant but that's what I do yeah. Um- Dave, uh, before I come to you, Tony the Greek on here said secure safety, which pretty much agrees with what uh, Ian has just said. Allow the out-of-contract players to decide whether they are in or out. Then give Nige the time to bring in who he wants ready for next season. I mean, secure safety 
Obviously, that's paramount. Allow the out-of-contract players to decide whether they are in or out. It's not really in their gift to decide whether they're in or out, is it? Because we haven't offered them anything. We haven't had any negotiations yet. And how many of them does uh, Pearson want to keep? Ian's given his recommendation. But what? how would you tackle the, the 12 games? Or how would you use the 12 games that are left? Which is a quarter of a season, basically. But, you know, yeah, we're I, nestling in mid-table now. Yeah, we are. I think, you know. Playoffs is over. I, I think relegation's over as well. We're, yeah. we're not going to get less than five points from our last 12 games, I don't think. And, mm. and you know, I know Ian was talking about Rotherham. I, I think Coventry and Birmingham are, are in deep crap as well, really. You know, Rotherham got two games at hand or two losers at hand, as I always call them, but they're only three points behind those. Um, Huddersfield are on a struggling run as well. Mm. And I think we just need to just reflect on the, on the last three games. We've played Borough, um, Swansea and, and Bournemouth. So we've played three teams in the top nine. We've got six points. Whether we deserve six points, I don't really care. But we've, we've, we've got we've got the job done to some extent. And yeah, we've you know, got two points a game over the last three games, haven't we? Yeah. yeah so so I, think, I think we'll pick up enough points to, you know, then not even be a worry about relegation, you know, let alone think, oh my God, we, you know, we still needed a couple more points. I think we'll, we'll get those at, at some point, you know, in the next five or six games and it'll be, you know, a, a coast into the end of the season. I yeah. think regarding players, I think, you know, we don't know of the out-of-contract players, how many of them are, that are saying, come on, I want to sign, I want to sign, I'll take a pay cut. You know, I, we, we don't know the situations on it. It's, no. it's completely unknown what's going on you know and, and and therefore it's really difficult to to say you know don't don't play the out of contract players i don't think we've got enough players to do that first place but actually some of those actually might want to play because they're trying to justify getting a, getting a new contract so i, I think well, would you put patterson in that in that bracket he, he, he might yeah he might well be i bet he's a bit cheesed off that he's got injured played through a bit of injury as well by the seams and now he's injured again at a time when he's you know, what's he, 29, 30 in the pate? He's probably yeah. thinking yeah. last couple of years of a decent contract and, and and I'm injured. So I think it's all, it's too easy to say, oh, you know, throw in the kids and play the out, you know, not play the out of contract players because some of them will be here next season. I don't know how many. It probably won't be many more than three or four. And it might be, as Ian said, it might be one or two. And, and it might be not necessarily the one or two or three or four that we expect it to be. I, I honestly don't. I honestly don't know. But I think Pearson will be wanting to finish the season strongly because he'll want to go in to next season, yeah, in a good position because he'll also use that as leverage to players. Say, you know, players his he own, wants to sign, his own say, position. Say, yeah. say, look, look at what I've done with this club in a short yeah. space of time. We're a really attractive proposition. I think you should come and play for me next season. So yeah. I think there's yeah. lots, lots still to play for. Yeah. On, on, I mean, on all you know, multiple dynamics going on here, I think. Yeah. I mean, I to me, I think success would be beating last season's points total, which might not necessarily mean finishing higher than last season. And, you know, if Pearson can beat last season's points total, which, what was that? Somebody tell me last season's points 63. total? 63. That's going to be a bit of a big ask, but not unachievable. But you could go for that. Or Pearson might come in and say, look at my points per game record. If he failed that, 
you know, if he's got what's he what's he had in charge? Fourteen games in charge. You know, his points per game record. He can say before I came it was this, and after I've been here it's gone up to one point seven five points a game or something like that. That would look good on paper from his tenure. I mean, Mark, what what do you think? I mean, uh, Ian and uh, and and Dave have sort of said pretty much what text comments are coming in on here. People are saying, you know, get safety and then, you know, aim to win as many games as possible. What, what, how would you be approaching the 12 games? If you're, um, if you're, if, if you're pitch, I mean, would you, would you clear out the coaches now and say, thanks, I'm going to bring my own blokes to give them a feel. Do we think that coaching setup will be here next season? Who knows? I mean, I mean, I I don't think any contracts ever get dressed until the end of the season, and you want to squeeze every last bit out of the very few players he's got available until the end of the season, backed up by a few kids. I mean, we you know, there's a lot of players that we can you know we can write off. You know, the Williams, maybe Pato, Jada Silva, Pring, Vyman, all of those players, and he can only concentrate on the ones that he's got. Um, now wouldn't throw kids in. He's got to play the best players he's got available. He'll only play the kids if there's a meaningless, meaningless game at the end of the season. That's when we usually see some kids on the bench and they, they get a run out. But now I don't I don't expect I don't expect there to be many changes, but I would like to see us get six wins, six or seven wins from the last twelve. That'll be mm. really finishing on a high. But I expect I really you know, I expect Nigel Pearson to sign a contract and there's something dramatic changes that we have a, a big collapse between now and the end of the season. I can't see that happening when well, somebody comes in and poaches him. I think Nigel Pearson will be Bristol City manager next season and hope that the well, guy with his stature if if we, we got um, a director of football, I mean Mark Mark uh, Ashton's got somebody's got to take responsibility. Well, for let's this come tobacco. on. Let's come on to that. Not just appointing, to... not just appointing Holden, but appointing roles, and you know all the injuries. It's just a joke. You know, it's, it's yeah. you don't want your club becoming a joke, do you? No, this business about winning as many games as we possibly can, as Loud Lisa's pointed out on here, uh, apart from Brentford, we don't have anybody in the top six to play. And the next two are against QPR, who lost at home to uh, ever improving. Uh, Barnsley, who were in the top six for a period, and then away at Birmingham City. So you look at both of those games and say, you know, you want to win one and draw one as a minimum, yeah, uh, from that uh, perspective. But uh, Dave, oh, sorry, Ian, Dave, Dave's just commented on text while we've been uh, talking. Pearson doesn't know if he's going to be here yet. At what point do they make a decision? On Pearson, is it when that fifty-two point safety net is passed? Ian, what do you say to that? He's gone, I think. He's disappeared. Yeah, he's gone down. I'll ask you then, Dave. You said Pearson doesn't know if he's going to be here. I don't know why. What have you said to Ian? You two? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, but when 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 are they going to press? When are they going to press the button on the? Pearson's contract when 52 points are achieved or what um, I, I think he's both parties are sussing each other out at the moment aren't they you know if you know if Pearson goes and headbutts a few players tomorrow off the back of losing tonight then he's going to be here very long is he you know but you know all, all joking aside he's he's looking at whether he can work with the club and Lansdowne will be thinking were we right to you know make an appointment as quickly as this. I, I think all paths are leading towards it won't be that long before he gets confirmed as a manager. And I think some of that will be a f- feature around when do we look like we're safe? 
and has he been here long enough? You know, if we if we win the next two, you know, you might say, well, we're safe, in which case, trigger. But you might say, hang on a minute, I'm, I'm you know. I still don't know enough about the club yet to, to commit myself. Everything leads to him. You know, he's really positive about it. So I think he wants to, but he probably wants to make sure as well. So I think, you know, I think it'll happen, but it'll probably be a few weeks down the line yet. I would think. Yeah. Might be by the international break because yeah, well, how many be. matches, how many matches we got between now and the international break? Is it four? I think Something it is. Like isn't that, it? Isn't four. Yeah. Like that. So if they got, I don't know, 12 points up for grabs, if they got eight, I would think it would be pretty much cast iron. I mean, Tomo's, uh, uh, put a long uh, comment on here. Uh, he was at the game reporting for one of the media outlets. Uh, the cameras may not have picked up Nigel and the touchline at certain times. Simpson is very vocal and heavily involved giving instructions. And Tomo says he also taught two good sides of Nigel. When Casey was substituted, he gave a massive man hug round the neck to say a big well done. However, he got a little frustrated with Masengo's casual attitude in getting ready to come on as he strolled down the steps. Nigel had his hands in the air and had a had a few words. I mean, he, he, Mark, he's not a guy who's going to... It looks like Mark has disappeared as well. <laughs> so do you think... No, I'm, I'm, Mark, here. Mark, I'm here. Oh, you're still, still there. Oh, you're still yeah, there. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, you're still there. Um, I mean, he's not a guy to mince his words, uh, Pearson, is he? And, uh, you know, that, that, that gesture towards Masengo, you know, probably thought, oh, I've got three minutes. Oh, well, just, yeah casual he's not the sort of guy who's going to tolerate this sort of stuff is he no and, and you know we I mean, you could see you know when I, we lost our concentration tonight I mean you've got to concentrate for 90 minutes in this game because uh one little mistake and you're done and we've you know we've been done at the back post tonight so no he's he's not he wants his players to be right on the money and I think that's the difference with Bristol City now than when we played Barnsley, we look like a completely different team. With, you know, with midfielders that can get in front of the ball when the uh, when the defences are set, that you know that can pass and move. Did that in very good spells in the first half. Um, it just it was just a tiredness at the end. I I, I think Zizou must have been spent as well because he was. You know, he wasn't chasing after players. He was whether he was told to just just stay around the halfway line and over some loose balls. He wasn't exactly chasing back near the end of the game. I don't know what you think about mm. that day, but I, I just saw him drifting. He seemed to drift along at the end. Who was that? Sorry, I, I was Dijou. No, we said Dijou. that before you came on, Mark. Actually, that Dijou was a I, little bit uh, is frustratingly, uh, and as a commentator said, he wasn't getting the service. You know, so it's a Cash twenty two, isn't it? Really, from that perspective. Yeah, no, I just think he was sort of stationed around the halfway line. But I thought it might have been better to, to close down. You know, the mat. You know, when they were the defense, they were bringing it at defense, and we were we were holding our line. Maybe he should have tracked back a little bit more. Whether he was told to just stay there and and and, and wait for any loose balls, I don't know. But they all look very tired. I'm the you know I'm the shift and play that sort of. It was like a rugby league drift defence at times, and it worked very well. But we just got stretched one too many times. But I'm yeah. I'm pretty positive. I thought there were some really good moments tonight, and you know Tyreek Backinson looked like the player in the first half that he did at the start of the season because before he, he got COVID, exactly, yeah, before he got COVID, he's looked so effective. A guy who's got a very good shot on him right when he backlifts, and that header, was, you know, was terrific. Yeah. Um, and you know, and, and Casey Palmer looks a completely different player. Just shows you. Well, what he looks, he looks interested now, Dave. Um, <laughs> one man whose silence uh, is 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 baffling, Mark Ashton. Um, the Ipswich I Town. Say, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> you never see silence from him or hear silence from him. No, it's just yeah. what we meant now. Dave, Mark Ashton. So, Mark Ashton. Maybe he is Mark Ashton. There we go. No. He could, We've never seen them in the same Ashton's room been, together, actually. Mark Ashton's been very quiet. I mean, the Ipswich Town rumour seems to have uh, died a death um, from many respects. Ian's trying to get through, so he's got a problem there, but uh, he'll have to text me. Can't tell you that. I could tell it was Ian. That was his number. Mark Ashton. Right. What, when are he's we going to hear right. from Mark? When are we going to hear from Mark Ashton? Because um, there was a comment. A Pearson commented about how he likes to work with the director of football, so he can focus on the training. I mean, why he's, haven't we he's heard? Not, is he? Yeah, I suppose what, it's the equivalent. But, yeah. Dave, why haven't we? Why haven't we heard uh, anything from uh, Ashton? He's so quiet. Um, I would imagine one Steve Lansdowne has taken a bit of control back. Two, the focus is on football at the moment and and not on anything non-football. And 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 I, I think Ian said this on Saturday, and I agree with him as well. You know, we 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 all quite like having a go at Mark Ashton. You know, me, me in particular. But I think, in fairness, he doesn't always come out. Just when we're winning, he's been quite quiet for quite a while, to to, to be honest. And uh, I think you know he normally comes out in the windows. Obviously, we didn't do a lot of business this year, so there wasn't a lot a lot to talk about then. And, and I and I think he has perhaps been just pushed into the background a little bit. Well, you know, what is there for him to come out and say at this moment, unless we're suddenly going to see a, you know a plethora of new new contracts signed? So I think he's just you know in in the background and meandering away but you know I think this thing with Ipswich Town is it's quite interesting how it's come about you know and it and it sounds a you know fairly far-fetched rumour you know links with America and then you know City were out there last year and and you think oh yeah that's just people you know putting two and two together and then you hear that the US consortiums they're looking to appoint a guy called um, Michael O'Leary. Michael O'Leary, who is he not connected with one of? Um... Yeah, and you know, you, I, you don't need to be a conspiracy theory, although it helps to, to look back and see names like Michael O'Leary, Daryl Eels, a company called Old Sidon, um, and and all paths have got the same the same juncture with with Mark Ashton. So. You know, whether that was someone else putting two and two together and the fact that they heard O'Leary's name was mentioned and thought, oh, I bet Mark Ashton would be up for that job. That might mm. be where the two and two. But, it, you know, it's it's certainly not a completely ridiculous um, notion that there could be some involvement there or they might go for him in the summer or something like that. I, I, you know, once again, we're all massively speculating here. But, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's not quite, you know, Roy the Aliens usual thing on Twitter about, you know, we're, we're signing Lionel Messi and, you know, Louis van Gaal's coming in as sporting director. You know, it, it's not that realms, is it? But, you know, I don't think anything's going to happen in the short term. But, no. but I, I, remember, I know absolutely I remember, nothing. I'm just, I'm just guessing. So. I yeah. remember when Mark Aston did last speak on Radio Bristol during a transfer window. Like Dave said, he said one thing which is quite prescient that is uh, you rush Mother Nature at your peril. Well, we did, didn't we? Subsequently, and look where we are. Mm. You know, with likes of Joe Williams and, and, and Patterson. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the, the sort of company that, that Aston's mixing in, and of course, the fact that they just, Ipswich had just, they just sacked. 
parted company with Paul Lambert as well. Um, you know, well, they got get, Paul Cook in. Get, they got Paul Cook. They caught Paul Cook in. And I didn't, didn't notice that. Well, somebody was going to get him, weren't they? Um, so that's, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's been confirmed, Dave, hasn't it? Yeah, Paul Cook to yeah, I believe uh, so, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, he's going to mix with some powerful people, and you know, and the fact that the, that Steve Lansdowne said, "Oh, we like him, position himself and on the EFL," but who knows? I mean, administrators, um, chief executives come and go. Uh, who knows what might happen in in, in the pre season? Somebody else might move in, like you know, maybe Richard Scudamore, like you said, David. You you just don't know. What I'm what I'm. I think that was a fanciful I'm, idea, even though it made some yeah, sense. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to I'm. I'm I'm just genuinely pleased about the improvement we made in the last two weeks because let's face it we were we were hopeless and desperate two weeks ago after that Reading game never uh, never mind yeah. the Barnsley game yeah uh, and uh, sorry the the, the and, and the and the Barnsley game we were going we were just going down so we've appointed a great manager in Nigel Pearson it's gonna the side's got its limitations but it's it's come on tremendously and I think we can. If we can work up to 60 points, I think that'll be a good finish. But as soon as we get those five or six points, I think that you'll see Steve Lansdowne uh, appointing Nigel Pearson full-time. And they probably, I would say, if we're, we're being smart here, they probably have already agreed some figures should this, you know, should this, uh, you know, that we, we reach a safety margin. you think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Ian's back in uh, the room now. I think we had a little bit of technical Elvis is back in the building. (laughs) He's back. Ian has entered the building. I didn't like some of his early stuff, but I know what you mean with (laughs) Elvis. Yeah, somebody said Ian was too negative on Radio Bristol. We don't want to talk about that. He's got a suspicious mind, doesn't he? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We can't go on together. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. Yeah, all right. The call the trap. I can't, I can't walk back. Yeah. Sorry, you started yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. STS. Here comes Ian, the great pretender. All right, but Ian, we were talking about, we were talking about Mark Ashton. Talking about Mark Ashton. Yeah, yeah. What did what what? I mean, he's been he's been quiet. I don't think. I think the Ipswich things died a death. I'd love to. I'd sometimes I'd love to live in your heads because these conspiracy theories are unbelievable. Look. Yeah. The only thing I've heard Mark uh, Nigel Pearson say is I'm getting on very well with Mark. That's it. That's we're, what we we're going over yeah. the training ground tomorrow uh, to have a look <laughs> at the training ground and, and we'll see how it goes. Now, well, the that's all he said. Now, out of that, there have been about 90 clickbait headlines today from sites like FL72 saying he's going to have a chat to him about his contract. That's not what he said. No, he's going to look so, at the training. I don't think any of us are say, saying that, are he, we? I think we're, no, we're, we're talking about the Ipswich tank thingy, and aren't we? Which, yeah, if yeah. He, it, look, if, if, the way I see it, if Mark Ashton wants to go to Ipswich, he, he goes. Simple as that. And I think the only the only thing is if he's under contract, Lansdowne might say to Ipswich, well, if you want him that bad, give us a million quid or, or whatever. Mm. You know, If he's got two years of a £500,000 a year contract left, give us a million quid and he's yours. And then they offer us seven hundred, and off he goes. I mean... I don't see that it's it's a big deal and worth worrying about, and I don't think there's any conspiracy theory. The only thing you have to make sure of, and if if him and Nigel Pearson are getting on well, uh, you have to make sure that the fact that he left didn't have a detrimental effect on Nigel Pearson wanting to stay. I don't think it would, but none of us know, do we? That's the point. No, we don't. And, and I think what we've got to see is the results from now to the end of the season, and then you'll get a feel for who's going to come and who's going to go. And, and some of the players we can't hold on to because 
you know, we've got two that are definitely going because they're on loan. So Mawson's already gone. Is we're going to, we're gone. going to uh, send Lansbury. We're going to return him to sender, aren't we? <laughs> Well, no, Lansbury was out of contract at Villain. For some reason, we signed him. I've no idea why. But anyway, we did. So he's, he, he'll he be gone. Uh, Adrian Mariapa, who I think has been playing decent Better. since he yeah. started actually playing in the position he likes to play. That helps all the time, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes, he'll be gone. Um, and then it's up to Nigel Pearson. I mean, players like I can't see Baker getting another contract because yeah. he's injured all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless it was some kind of fancy pay when play deal. Um, and and then you've got to look at players that you know. Fam's not going to sign. He's, he's he's that's absolutely clear to a blind man. Um, and will Liam Walsh sign? I mean, first of all, we've got to see him back playing football and think, well, do I actually want to keep the kid? Because, I mean, there's a good footballer in there. I rate Walshie when I've seen him play. Um, but mm. but there's lots. Of, but I don't see any of you mentioned Pato earlier on. Can't see him staying. Um, and he's another one that's injured, you know, who's got better, then had an op, then played, then got injured. And you start thinking to yourself, well, hang on a minute. It's a mess. So I, 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 it is a mess. And I, I think the vast majority of the 13 that are out of contract um, – with us will be, and, and that's not including Mawson and Sessignon, so you can call it 15, yeah. is that a contract? We'll, we'll, we'll go. And I think we might mm. keep two, might keep three, but that's yeah, it. But, and then you've got, yeah. got to say, well, who, who do you want? Who are you gonna, who's going to come here? And who are you going to bring in? Because what we've got at the moment is nowhere near um, a promotion team. Nowhere near. No, 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 no. I mean, Dave made the point as well that Pearson might not, if he stays, he might not fancy some of the players that are left behind anyway. You know, I the, think the, I think that's that's fair comment. I mean, there's some that you'd look at, and I mean, there's some that are obvious ones. You'd want to keep Dan Bentley. You want to keep Thomas Callas. You'd want to keep Zach Viner. Uh, some of the younger lads that have done all right. You know, your Tyreek Backinsons. Um, but then you, you'd have a you'd have a look around and say, well, mm, okay, now who else is there? But who's who's if if the plan is to get promoted, you say right, wallop. Um, these are the seven or eight blokes I need, senior pros that are going to come in and we'll play the kids. We'll dip them in and out, which is what you like to do with you. Well, that's the players. other thing I was thinking with playing the kids. 46 so, games a season. Uh, with some of the kids, you could bring one kid in for every one of the next 12 games, a bit like they did with Tauro, although that was necessity. Let's see some of these 17 and 18-year-olds. We'll give them, give them 20 minutes if we're 2-0 up in a game and we're safe. You know, bringing a kid on with 20 minutes to go, not when the referee said there's four minutes to play. Let, let's see what they're made of. I mean, Dave, do you think do you think he might play when we're safe, play a couple of games with um, Max O'Leary and give, give Bence a rest and sort of see what Max is like firsthand? Because the only person we are really going to get any money for is, is, is Bentley, isn't he? I don't see anybody else coming in, knocking our doors down for any of our players. Do you think he'd try Max just to see what he thinks firsthand? Because that's the experimental part of having 12 games to go, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think that, that you know, might might give him a couple of games to, to see what he's like in the pressure of a, a league game under, you know, his his management. I think, you know, ben, uh, not Bentley, O'Leary's probably had enough experience of league football, not to be feel like he's being thrown in. You know, I think he is a a solid number two, and I, you know, I, I you know, I'd like to like for him and Dan Bentley to be our one and two next year as well. Mm. And I think that gives us a real kind of 
solid base. I think, you know, Ian's talked about Callas. I think Callas is probably the only one on recent form where we might make some of that money back on um, what we what we outlaid for him. I think, you know, a month or so ago, I think, you know, you think, God, Jesus, he's, you know, his value's fallen off a cliff, but I think he's uh, picked back up again. I thought he was, mm. he was pretty decent tonight again. Um, and, you know, I think he's earned some of his value back if his value does fluctuate as, mm. as, as rapidly as that. But do, I think, you, sorry, go on. Do you think there's any chance that he might, just might, because he's worked with him before, just might offer Mariapra a one-year deal so that if he wants to play three at the back, he can say, well, it's Mariapa and Callas. He's going to let uh, Baker go. Um, Zach is better in midfield than he is at the back. Can you see him possibly getting a contract if he stays? Pearson, that is. Yeah, he might do. I, I, I just text him back um, just now to someone about, you know, people saying about like Shakespeare and Walsh coming in in the summer. I, I had a look at uh, I didn't have a massively in-depth depth look, but I looked at Pearson earlier on, and I've not seen any history of him taking coaches or players with him wherever, wherever he's gone. You know, so, someone that happily put put me right on that. And I think from his interviews as well, when he was asked about kind of Vyman and Martin and Mariapa, his kind of thing was, I, yeah, you know, I'll, 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 I'll chat to them, but I'm, I'm quite interested in other people's views and forming my own views. So, which was, mm. I thought was quite interesting. You know, so I don't think he's one who feels, what's the word, um, conscious of not having, I'll say yes men without really meaning, you know, yes men around him, people he can trust. I think he'll, he'll want to build trust with people, but I don't think that'll necessarily need to come from people who he's had previously. So I think, you know, well, before. Yeah. I think he's a good, he's, you know, a, a class manager who's more than capable of, spotting what he needs and, and hopefully going out there and getting it with well, players or coaching staff or directors of football yeah. or whatever. Well, with all the he's, mess that we've he's, got... He's, sorry, he's, go on, he's, he's, almost say, he's almost saying, um, Pearson, he's learning uh, all of the time as a manager, isn't he? He's not just one saying, so I'm I'm, I'll do it this way. Yeah. So I think, yeah. you know, he said that I want to I want to progress... And you know, there's just not one way of doing things. He did say New Simpson. He sounded him out when he was um, with OH Leuven, I think, wasn't he in uh, in Belgium uh, for players when when Simpson was working for the England setup. So for all we know, he, he may be happy, depending on results, with Simpson and Downing going forward. We we just yeah. don't know. Sim- I mean, Simpson sounded very chirpy, didn't he, on Saturday? Having been, look, you know, I thought, thought I thought that image. I thought that image of the players in the huddle yeah. and Bentley, Callas, everybody. He captured their intention. You say about Simpson. Simpson was focused and on it as well. And I mean, look, tonight was a disappointment. And you know, as we've said, oh, we've lost, but we didn't. You know, we've arrested. We've arrested that decline. I mean, look, just one final point because we've just gone uh, over the hour uh, here. Um, season tickets. I guess any news on that is going to be predicated by that. Is that the right word? Big word this time of night. By Very good. I'm impressed. What happens I'm with with Pearson? I mean, because by now, you know, early bird deals and everything. They should be out in, shouldn't they? We we should know. You know, and financially, they should rough. You know, if we assume that we are going to be back in grounds from the first of uh, uh, first first week of August, they should have. If they see what the season ticket demand is, they can work out what 
the likely attendances are going to be next season. You know, are more people going to go pay on the day because they've been conditioned to watching matches on Robin's TV? So, Ian, when do you think we'll hear something on season tickets before or after Pearson's appointment? I think it would need to be after because I think of what I'm gaining, uh, garnering from social media and people I speak to, and and I've got quite a, you know a very very big circle of all kinds of uh, city fans. And they're all saying this. I mean, before Holden got the sack, they were all saying, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to renew. Now they're saying, well, I'm going to wait and see. If Pearson's appointed, I probably will. So I, I think they need to get that sorted sooner rather than later. And for the players as well. Because, you know, if I'm... We, we know certain players. I mean, fans got probably got something lined up abroad would be my guess. Um and uh, if that doesn't pan out, he might sign. But if, um, you know, they're going to want to know, well, OK, who's the manager? I mean, Nigel Pearson rates me and I, I'm doing well. But, you know, if, if Nigel Pearson goes and somebody else comes in, I don't want to sign a three-year contract and find myself, no. in, you know, playing for the under-23s or not playing at all. So yeah. I, I think it's a, it, it, it's a very, very important step to say, right, okay, we've got this guy. Things seem to be going very well. He's an experienced manager. He's been there, seen it and done it. He signed a three-year deal at the end of this year. None of this none of this rolling one-year contract stuff. Yeah. He signed a three-year deal. Right, bang, go for it. And and yeah. and at that point, but you, what you must do, is, it's no good giving him the job and then saying, right, okay, well, 13 players are, are leaving. Uh, we've got, obviously, covid um, and yeah. uh, there's no money to spend because I think that's a bit pointless. Um, yeah, but is there, there like going to be any other other than parachute uh, payment clubs in? Uh, are there many clubs in the championship that are going to have money to spend? Because you know, it, 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 well, all these plans for, must be in place now. All these well, plans. They, they've they voted to not have salary capping. Yeah. So they're obviously thinking, well. You know, I mean, obviously, the ones with parachute payments don't want that um, because they're getting a lump more money. I mean, you come down, I think, first year down your parachute payment is over 40 million, isn't it? So it it, you can see why they're thinking, well, there's 40 million quid I got more than Bristol City before a ball's kicked. But I mean, those few clubs can't sign everybody, but they can probably have the best of the out of contract players and will be stuck with. I mean, you never know. Nigel Pearson has obviously got some good contacts in the game. He might be able to go and get four or five really good loans from the likes of yeah. um, Everton, where Steve Walsh is, uh, Leicester, where where he was manager, although it all ended a little bit acrimoniously, I think. And yeah. and with players like that, we might be able to well, do that. I mean, wasn't that meant to be the rationale for getting um, Simpson and Downing on board the with their England connection, you know? And Steve Cooper at Swansea seems to have uh, done a pretty good job of uh, creaming up uh, those uh, type of uh, players. But uh, I think, yeah, I think are- we got I think we got another problem as well um, because of the way COVID's have affected society and the fact that we've been away from stadium for so long. I think there's going to be. A, a reluctance in a lot of people to commit to going back to full stadia because we don't know. I mean, full, you know, we're, the, the full restriction meant to be lifted by May. There's a lot that can still change between May and August, you know, touch wood. The vaccines, you know, will, will work. 
and that there won't be any mutations that resist a vaccine, the, the, the number of vaccines that are out there. But we, there's just so many unknowns. And with people yeah. being furloughed or have lost jobs, will they commit to season tickets or just return to full stadia? There may be a lot of worry out there. We just don't know, do we? Well, well we the don't thing know is, that. You, I mean, you're uh, not going to, the unemployment's not going to kick in fully until after. Um, furlough ends and furlough is not going to end until the end of September, by which time people will have to made up their mind whether they're, I mean, I think it's too expensive to go. There's a lot of difference between a tenner for Robbins TV and, mm. and, and 30 odd quid to sit in the dormant on a, uh, for a match day ticket. So yeah. I definitely I, I, won't, I, won't be renewing unless Pearson yeah. or, or another really good, you know, if they said, sorry, we, Nigel Pearson's decided he wants to leave for whatever reason, but we're bringing yeah. in Eddie out. Then yeah, I'd buy a season ticket, but it'd be more like City to sell. Nigel's decided he's leaving because he's had a really good. And we're getting in a guy from Plymouth or something stupid and it, like and it, that. I mean, it's yeah, interesting. Here, here comes Mike Appleton. Yeah, it's interesting. You, yeah, it's interesting you make the point about furlough because I I've been saying that that you know there's going to be a tsunami of uh, unemployment when when furlough stops. But other than the hospitality sector, somebody said to me, quite a senior business person, is that those companies that are getting by with people you know, less than what they had before and getting just as much output. They've already made those redundancies. And what is the unemployment's gone up by about, is it half a million, three quarters of a million over the last 12 months? It's, so that it's, a, it's, a, it's about a on, million, Dave. You know, I wonder how many white-collar job people are on furlough that people are just, you know, it's it's a hospitality sector. I mean, that, um, a couple of people have picked up, Fevs has as well, also Cider Suspect. Steve Walsh is no longer at Everton, hasn't been for a while. I think he's out in the States, Dave. That's correct, isn't it? He's in the States rather, yeah, than, uh, rather, than, uh, yeah. rather than there. But, uh, I mean, your, 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 your final point, uh, Dave, um, season tickets um, before or after Pearson, do you think they'll uh, announce the plans? Yeah, I think it'll be after. I, I don't think there's any real advantage in, in trying to do it early. I think they've, if if they're mar- the marketing team, and I'm no marketing expert, but you would imagine a marketing team would be thinking our best chance of selling as many season tickets is to do it on the back of Nigel Pearson being appointed. I think, I think you know, Ian's point about, you know, people not being able to afford, I think it's a real genuine concern. And I, I think I might have said it on either last week or the week before. I, I wonder whether there's, you know, would would the club be better off selling, let's say, eighteen thousand season tickets mm. at a reduced price than nine thousand at, at today's prices? Point. Because you're going to lose. That's an excellent it. point. That is an excellent point, which is why you get such big crowds in Germany, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. their football is about half the price of it. Yeah, I remember going to see. Um, her to Berlin against Stuttgart, it was like seven euros for a ticket, you know, in the Olympic mm. Stadium. And, and you know, albeit it's a few years ago now, but the prices haven't gone up much. And I think, you know, undoubtedly, if we've got 12, 13, 14,000 season tickets at the moment, you are going to lose some of those. And, and, and that's why that's why I kind of said 9,000 versus 18,000. I think you could quite easily lose three or 4,000 season ticket holders purely yeah. because of yeah. you know, the, the, the state and, people's And the uncertainty because perish the thought of a third wave. You know, if you've yeah. parked it up with, I mean, people who bought last year have had it back. I, I've got 500 quid set on my account, which was for the residue of the last five games of yeah. corporate hospitality. And 
I, I actually put a question to uh, sent an email to uh, Mark. Uh, is it Mark Kelly? Yes, it is Mark yeah. Kelly. If yeah, you're listening, Mark. Mark. Um, I said, look, what are you going to do? Are you every week. Write off week. Are you going to write off year five of my five year deal, right? Or totally and say brand new deal from twenty one twenty two? Or are you going to make what would have been year six? You're going to roll over my year five deal. And yeah. if you did that, I said, I said to him, right. And I said, the 500 quid credit, I'll offset that. And you'll get me for another year on corporate hospitality. But if they come back and they say, oh no, all bets are off. And they're going to start asking for silly money. I think your point, Dave, it's better to have 18,000 people in there. And it's this sort of, there's a number to be done, but you get all those people in there and they buy merchandise, they buy well, food and they buy all the other stuff. So that's the kicker, isn't it? You know, it is. And that's, that's where, you know, I'm not, I've got no idea what the margins are on, on what they make on, you know, but there must be something that says the more people that are in the ground, the the quicker our profits rise. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, otherwise you wouldn't do it, would you? You know, you, you think, well, what, well, what we you've just have- I, I think, I think you've, what, what you've got, what you, there are ways around it. You could say, well, okay, um, the season tickets start off at this, um, but the more we sell, the more the price goes down. Yeah, so you could start off paying, I don't know, let's, let's make numbers up. You could start off paying £500 for a season ticket and finish up, finish up getting it for 400 quid because more people have signed up to have one. Now, you've got all these uh, affordability options. So you could say, well, look, if you, if you can't afford 400 quid, okay, you could you can pay us over six months or whatever the figure is, but we're not going to put, there's going to be no interest on it. The club will finance it. We won't go to a finance house to do it. Now, now, I heard someone you know, doing doing that, Ian, and, and what they found was that no one wanted to be the first one to buy a season ticket. Yeah, I get so, that. I get yeah, that. I mean, and, and so, so there's pros and cons in it, but I, I get the principle of it. I, I remember Glamorgan yeah, I, I think, years well, I, ago I think, for that county championship, they sold season tickets for 10 quid each. And that was the they, that was the year they won it, and, that, and the players said it was great having, you know, thousands of people watching a county championship game in midweek because it was so cheap to go, and, yeah, and of course yeah. the club raked it in on the bar because you could have a beer, sat watching the cricket, and all that kind of stuff. But they just made it cheap to have everyone along. So I think there's d- different ways of doing it. So I'm, I'm not marketing. I, I think at all, in so. this, I, I think I think in you know in in this world we're in now, that the club have got to be bold. I mean, we're, we're lucky we got somebody like Steve Lansdowne who can sustain the club. There's a lot of clubs, you know, financially in the SHIT that might not have that. So rather than, you know, than, than Mark Ashton waits for somebody else to blink before we make a move, you know, in, in, and, and market something, let's do it first. We've got the fan base out there. You know, I'm sure the fans would, would, would lobby the club and say, look, make, make, make an attractive offer and you will fill the ground well, again. But you are pushing yeah. against that reluctance. I think, um, I think, I think just to wrap up, I'm going to give the final word to uh, the message from Albuquerque on here. He said, I think you'll find BCFC has a young family cohort who will renew willy-nilly. Many 50-year supporters like us, curmudgeons, will renew because we have city in our blood. We have city blood in our veins and we can't do anything about it. I think you're 100% right there, Albuquerque. That's pretty much how, uh, how I feel. Um, guys, I think the season's over from a meaningful – we ain't going to go down – we ain't going to get to the playoffs now. Let's try and have some enjoyable matches between now 
and the end of the season. We'll be back yeah. after Saturday, which is home to uh, QPR, which should be a win. I hope it is, because we don't want uh, uh, Nige to have the curse of uh, the poor home form that we've endured for more years and we care to mention. Guys, have if, a Lans- if Lansbury is on the pitch, we've got a chance, haven't we? Because he, well, he hasn't, we haven't got a point since he's been there. Yeah, but no, he, he's, he's, the, the, the problem, you, your problem you've got is, is that, that Pearson... In, unless some of these guys are going to rise like Lazarus, you know, and, and the, the mm. Liam Walshes oh, yeah, no, no, of this world, what can he do? He, he can't no, do no, it. No. I mean, he might say, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll, we'll start off with young Britain or Conway up front um, or in, instead of Fam. But is that going to work? I don't think so. So he's going to have to take a look at how fit the players are and say, right, I'd have, I'd, I'd probably start off similar-ish. Um, to it's interesting. Sorry, I've got to give somebody else a look at it. M. Garland 3 has said, we're nil 10 down for all minutes Lansbury's been on the pitch. I mean, that says it all really, doesn't it? Guys, thanks for uh, joining me this evening. A couple of you were uh, belatedly. I thought Dave and I, we were, uh, I think we'd have managed to go on for about 40 minutes, just the two of us. But Hind uh, legs and donkeys, Dave. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, uh, let's hope we can get a win on uh, Saturday and uh I think it's going to be interesting with all the off the pitch stuff now between now and the end of the season. And, uh, you know, uh, it can't come soon enough really and get back in those grounds. Cause I can't wait. I, I was getting a little bit excited, you know, hoping for a win tonight, but it wasn't going to be that. Thanks to all the people that have joined us, sent your text messages in uh, good, good audience. Uh, I was expecting fewer because just, because things have picked up a little bit. But uh, that's great. Thanks for all your support. And um, we'll see you all at the weekend. Although I think you'll be, uh, you're a, a weekday man now, Dave, aren't you? So we'll yeah. see you uh, We'll see you for the next one in midweek. Ian and Mark, I'll speak to you guys before, but speak to you on Saturday on the pod. And thanks to all the listeners. Two and a half thousand Cheers plus all. over the last 10 days. Thanks a lot for that. Good, everybody. Good, Good night all. Thanks. Good night. Good night. Cheers. Yeah, stay safe, everyone. See you soon. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.